0: Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com/vp. connectinvest.com/vp BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. And BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined Investment Strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors. Investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com.
1: This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, Show 348.
2: Yeah, so my own properties and the ones I have a partners are completely separate from my job. So I actually have property management software that I use. and Everything is remotely. I could be on a beach right now and <laughs> manage my real estate.
1: You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large
3: and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing
1: online. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Brandon Turner, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast here with my co-host, David Green. What's up, David Green? How you doing?
3: Doing great. We had an awesome interview today oh, with yeah, Ashley, did. and this is what it's all about.
1: Yeah, so good. Yeah, Ashley is a real estate investor uh, from the upstate New York area who's just absolutely crushing it in her business, has a ton of great, great tips to talk about today. I mean, everything from like how she uses partners, including her very first deal, no money down with a partner, using a strategy that I absolutely love, uh, The how, how she's like involving her kids, her young kids in her real estate business in a really phenomenal, like kind of a inspirational way. Uh, very cool story there. Uh, she talks about how she buys property using a commercial line of credit, which you'll love that a very very neat tactic and uh really just a lot of good stuff i mean like she tells this great story during the deal deep dive about how she pulled she did like this bird deal and pulled out more money than she ever had into it so it's like not just no money down but better than no money down which is super cool so all that and more today on the show but before we get into that with ashley care let's get to today's Quick tip. Quick tip. So while recording today's show with Ashley, I asked her actually on the show if she's going to be at the Bigger Pockets conference this year, and she said yes. But you know who else is going to be at the conference, David?
3: Who else is going to be at the conference? You Brandon? are, and
1: I am, and Josh Dorkin is, and Scott Trench is, and Jay Scott, and all sorts of great people uh, from Bigger Pockets podcast world, and just Bigger Pockets authors, people who are in the, on the blog, on the forum, and a thousand others excited real estate investors so everybody who's listening to this this is your probably your very last chance to get tickets because it'll likely sell out like within like a couple days of this podcast airing because 250,000 people are going to hear this announcement right now here's the deal you can save 200 bucks on the conference to be able to come hang out with us if you use the code Last chance 200. That's one word. Last chance 200. When you're checking out, just go to biggerpocketsconference.com. And uh, it's October 6th through the 8th at the Opryland Resort in Nashville, Tennessee. And again, it's going to be amazing. I credit a lot of my success in life is to conferences. You go there. It totally excites you, gets you motivated, gets you pumped up. You learn a ton. You meet potential partners, lenders, hard money lenders, funders, whatever. Uh, really good stuff. So I don't know, I'm excited. You excited, David?
3: Yeah. I can't wait, man. I've had that one on my calendar for a long time. And like you said, most of the big changes in my life, the big jumps in my success came right after something like this. And you don't always know how it's going to affect you, but when you come home, you just feel different. You just feel like you just, you climb to the top of the mountain You look down at what you want your life to be. And now you're coming back down with clarity that you didn't have before. So it's going to be an incredible investment. You got to be there. Plus, you get to hang out with Brandon and I and uh, listen to how fun Brandon is in real life. That alone is (laughs) worth the cost of admission.
1: (laughs) You mean me uh, sitting in the corner, sulking and letting, you know, trying not to be noticed. That's pretty much how I uh, how I handle public appearances. It's great. So if you want to see that, come to the conference again. Coupon code was last chance 200. And uh Let's get into today's show. So, like I said, today's guest is Ashley Care. She is at Wealth from Rentals on Instagram. That's how actually I got to know Ashley from Instagram. And uh, if you want to uh, follow BiggerPockets on Instagram, just follow at BiggerPockets. You can also tag hashtag BiggerPockets when you're posting on Instagram or on Twitter. And we check that stuff. We like to see success stories. So next time you buy a property, you're at the title company, you're analyzing a deal, you upgrade to pro, a pro membership, whatever. hashtag BiggerPockets. You can also tag at David Green Twenty Four. At Beardy Brandon or at Bigger Pockets. And uh, we like to jump into those things and have a kind of a take this from the podcast into the real world of Instagram is Instagram yeah. a real world. I don't know,
3: but <laughs> uh, it's a world that spend a lot of time in. I really try to answer every message that comes in on Instagram. When people take pictures of me, I try to share it on my story and kind of like spread the word because if you're wanting to learn about real estate investing, you should be following people that are doing it. A lot of the people that tag us are like, like Ashley, she's a great follow. You want to see what she's doing? Yeah, follow pay her.
1: attention. Yeah, she's awesome. So, all right, well with that enough, Introduction. Let's get to today's show with our guest, Ashley Kerr. All right, Ashley, welcome to the Bigger Pockets podcast. Good to have you here.
2: Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Good, good. Yeah, this is another one of those match made on Instagram moments because I got to know you on Instagram, which is great.
2: I was going to say, I'm surprised you didn't say no. She's a stalker. Like, keep her.
1: (laughs) No, this is good. I I like, I hear what's cool about Instagram is like, you get to like see people like what they actually do, like, you know, their stories and all that. So like, I was like, wow, she's like a legit investor. She's like crushing it. So we're going to learn today about how you're crushing it. But before we get into crushed it, Ashley, let's go into getting started, Ashley. So how did you, I mean, how did you get your very first deal? Why did you decide real estate? And then what did your first investment look like?
2: So when I graduated college, I got a accounting job at a CPA firm.
1: No, I'm so for, sorry.
2: I know I lasted six months and I quit next
1: okay,
3: yeah.
2: season, <laughs> and I decided I was just going to be a stay-at-home mom. And then uh, my friend's dad actually needed someone part-time just to manage some apartment complexes, so I agreed to do it. And it was a little tiny room with boxes of papers and a, a drawer full of keys. And he's like, "Here you go. Can you work with this?" So. Started with 40 units and then now it's 80 units. So I just looked at what he was doing and he has a bunch of commercial properties too. And I just said, why, why can't I do that? So I found a partner who had money and I said, you know, I've been doing this for a year for this big complex. I know what I'm doing and I can handle a duplex. So we looked at one duplex um, and we bought it right away. (laughs) There was no other offers. It was in a really small town, and then from there, I just started growing and going out on my own. And But that was how I got my start As I took a job where I was involved in the day-to-day and it really made me take action. I think if I didn't leave my accounting job and go to this, I probably never would have gotten to real estate investing at all.
1: That's such a good point. Uh, I, I think that getting started that way, I think a lot of people overlook that. The idea of like, why don't I get started with a job sort of situation rather than necessarily jumping right in? Cause like sometimes that can be the, the, the first step, the baby step, the training wheels that somebody needs to be able to invest is just, Hey, Hey, I, I'm working for somebody else. I mean, I I used to paint houses for Mike, my, my mentor, Kyle, and I would just paint houses for him for like 300 bucks. It was like I was the cheapest house painter ever to live, but 300 dollars, <laughs> whatever I made, I would paint it in two days, make 150 bucks a day, and it was awesome. And like that, like got me comfortable with the idea of owning rentals, and 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 more and more comfortable as I worked with him more. You know, we still have a great relationship today. So a like, really good way to start. So,, uh, but I wanted to know more about the partner thing. I mean, you just you found a partner who had money. Like, how does that work? How do you just find a partner? family, friends, like some guy on the side of the street with a sign?
2: So it was actually the <laughs> guy that hired me, his uh, okay. son. So I said, "Look what your dad is doing. Like you know what you should do this too." And he's like, "You're right. So I broke down the deal for him, explained how it would work, and he put up the cash to buy the first property. So we formed an LLC together and then we purchased a property in cash and he held the mortgage. Well, a couple months later, we found another apartment we wanted to buy. So we went to the bank, put a mortgage on the first property and took his cash back and he held the mortgage on the second property. And that's still how it is today on those two properties. So but the biggest thing yeah, was cool. pitching to him just like how this can work and showing him examples of like look this is your dad is doing it you can do it too and and I just showed him what kind of money he could make because he'd be you know building equity in the building he'd be getting some of the cash flow and he was getting interest on the mortgage too so it was actually a pretty lucrative deal for him and then I managed everything he does nothing for it, which sounds like a bad thing, but he's the money guy and I take care of everything for him. So
1: I love, I love, 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 love that. And I I talk about this on webinars a lot the same topic. Like if, if, if you can bring some experience and you can bring some knowledge to the table, like you don't need to bring the money, find somebody else who's out there. Who has the money and doesn't have the knowledge, the experience. They're not sitting in a commute right now. Like a lot of people are listening to a bigger pockets podcast episode. They're sitting in a commute right now, listening to eighties rock, right? So there's something different about the people who are, who have the knowledge and experience and you, you leverage that. And I think people undervalue that. Here's something funny. I found that people often will say, like if I tell them that, that I do that because I used to do that all the time. That's how I got started as well in, in a lot of ways. Right. I tell people, yeah, they didn't, they didn't, they don't do anything. They just put in the money and uh, we split it 50, 50 and I get two completely opposite reactions. Right. Some people are like, well, why would they need you? They don't need you like that. You're taking advantage of them. And other people are like, they're taking advantage of you. Like, why would they need you? Why would they need you? Or why would you need them? Right. Like you're giving 50%. You're crazy. I'd give them 20%. But other people are like, why? It's just funny. It's just all perspective,
3: right? It
2: is. Yeah. So that's, and we've worked together for a while now. So we've right now we have four properties together and one is a six unit. Um, And then we've also sold two that we had in our portfolio, but I started with another partner too, this one probably two years ago, and he was just a friend and he had a couple of his own properties. And we found this town that just the, it was a renter's town. People just couldn't afford the housing. So we bought a couple properties there and we did everything 50, 50. So we split the money or, and then when we refinanced, we both were on the mortgage and we, he does the maintenance side of things. And then I do the leasing and tenant relations, stuff like that.
1: So this is that same partner.
2: No, this is a different partner. Oh,
1: OK. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so okay. So this would be my second partner. Yeah.
2: So I have two yeah. right now.
1: So, again, you're showing that now that now that's a different way to use a partnership. Right. I mean, I, I, this is great, right? So some partners are money partners and they put up all the money and don't do any work. So I have I have some partners like that, too. And other times your partner is, you're, hey, you're 50 50. Let's just divide the roles and divide the money. And that's right. fine as well. Uh, so again, people, when they get that, that stuck moment of like, well, I don't have any money, I can't invest. Like, it's just, there's always a way to figure it out.
2: There's always a way to find money too. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes.
3: (laughs) Yes. So Ashley, let me jump in. I want to ask you, you said that you went to your boss's son and you said, Hey, we should do this deal together. Tell us how you posed that. Proposal to them, what you said to help him see this is a good idea. Because a lot of newbies want to do the same thing, but they don't know how to have that conversation or what they should say to get somebody else involved in their deal.
2: Okay. The first thing that I did, and I remember it actually pretty vividly, is I just put little like nuggets of information in his ear. I didn't overwhelm him with the numbers, anything like that. I just gave him examples of people we knew, including his dad, of, you know, look at the success they've built. His uncle had done the same thing with real estate. So I just put little nuggets in his ear. And then when I actually found the property, I brought him the numbers and everything. And by then he had already had interest in real estate investing and I had, you know, peaked that in him. So he looked at the numbers and he went with me to see the property. And he actually had a roommate at the time who was pretty handy. And his roommate was like, Hey, I can help you guys even, you know, run and renovate a part of this and stuff like that. So it was just kind of putting the bug in his ear and just building it up. And then just when I was ready to take action, just like, Hey, look, we have here's this opportunity right now. And just, I showed him what, you know, he would be making off interest just over 15 years and what the potential cash flow was. And then just the equity we were, we would build in it.
3: So you explained how the whole thing would work at a general level and let (laughs) him kind of let that sink in. You didn't make him make a decision right then. Then when the opportunity came, it sounds like you kind of had the whole thing figured out already. He didn't have to do something he wasn't uncomfortable with. You said, here's what I need from you. Here's how the deal is going to look. Here's what we're going to do. And really that made it very easy for him to say, okay, I'm on board. You made that easy for the person to partner with Mm -hmm, you, right?
2: Yep. One thing we did was start the LLC. And so we got uh, life insurance policies on each other. So if something were to happen to him, I could use the life insurance policy to buy him out and vice versa. So or by that's so layout.
1: smart. So, I don't think anybody's ever given that tip on this show of 350 some episodes. I don't think anybody's ever given that tip. So yeah, it just, it's heat. so good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because I was married.
3: It speaks to people's. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say it speaks to people's fear of losing money more yeah. than here's all the money you can make. You came out and showed this person how they are protected before you said what you need from them.
2: Yeah, we did an operating agreement and then the life insurance policies because I was married and he wasn't at the time. So if something happened to him, it would go to his family members and I didn't want to, you know, run these properties with, you know, his two siblings and his parents and he didn't want to run the properties at all. So if something happened to me, he'd rather just buy my family out and then just sell everything probably. So.
3: And, and who did you use to help you structure that agreement?
2: Uh, We used an attorney.
3: Okay. Did you just Google an attorney?
2: Um, It was the attorney that we did for the closing on the property that we're going to have. It was an attorney I had actually used before for when I built my own house and we've used her for various things. So she's just a small local attorney and she actually gave me the draft that she uses for the operating agreement and she let me go in and like make it specific to how I wanted it. And then she just like approved it, rewrote it and everything, but it saved a lot on legal costs of me actually filling in the information, stuff like that.
3: And approximately how much did that cost to have that drawn up?
2: I think it was maybe $200 at most.
3: So. There you go. What an awesome way to spend $200 to get yeah. your investor to feel comfortable partnering with you. All right. That's awesome. So yeah, let's fast forward to, to where you are today. Tell us what your portfolio looks like.
2: So right now I have 15 properties and it's 30 units. And then I currently have two properties under contract and it's six units. And one of the those properties is a duplex and I'm actually um, doing my first wholesale deal with it. So I'm really nice. excited about that because I've wanted to do that for a long time, but I just, I wasn't sure if I'd have buyers or anything like that, and The four unit that I wanted, the guy would only sell it to me if I took the duplex too. So I negotiated a really great deal and I found a buyer for it. And I'm actually just assigned the contract over to him two weeks ago. So,
1: Nice. Congratulations. Uh, That's very cool. It's actually so that's an interesting strategy that I I don't know if people think about enough, but when you're negotiating on a property, oftentimes you can toss in another property as well that they have. And maybe you don't want that property, but toss it in and maybe you can wholesale that one out or sell it out. In fact, we're buying like these eight mobile home parks right now. And like one of them, like uh, it's fine, but I didn't really want it. But the guy wouldn't sell without including that one. So we're like, all right, we'll take it. Yeah, it's like an average deal, but we'll take it. And then we'll just either either we'll we'll make it a decent enough deal. And, you know, or we'll just sell it off. And even if we sold it for what we have into it, like, I mean, like it doesn't really matter. It doesn't bring down the average. It just get it out. So yeah, that's very cool. So 15 properties, 30 units, 200 contract. That's, uh, that's awesome. I mean, you're, you're obviously crushing it. How do you manage all this right now? I mean, are you, you're still the property manager that deals with all the interactions with tenants.
2: Yeah, so my own properties and the ones I have a partners are completely separate from my job. So I actually have property management software that I use. I use Buildium. And okay. Yep. I've, everything is remotely. I could be on a beach right now and <laughs> manage my real estate. The only thing I can't do now or I can't do remotely is basically showings. But I have a, a bunch of people I can rely on to, that, to do that. So, That's cool. Um, but the day-to-day.
1: Tell me about like, so I use building as well uh, for those who don't know what Buildium is. And I swear this is not like an advertisement for Buildium or anything, yeah. but like, what do you like about Buildium? like, what, what, what does it do if it was never heard of property management software at all? Like what, what's the benefit of having good software? And again, there's Buildium, there's app folio. There's a lot of good ones mm-hmm. out there, but I, yeah, both of us happen to use Buildium.
2: Yeah. Uh, I use Appfolio folio for my job and I love that too, but building, oh, nice. it's so great because you can, you can keep all your bookkeeping in there. You can pay your bills out of there. And then, um, each tenant has a portal. So in their tenant portal, they can submit their maintenance requests, they can pay rent online, and then they can communicate through Buildium if they want. But it's just really nice. And you can upload all your documents. I upload all my bills that I pay to there. So if I ever need to go and look back at a bill, it's attached right there in my bookkeeping. There's also to list your property, you can, they give you a website you can use and list your, your property on the website. And then they also can post it to Zillow, realtor.com, all these different apartments.com, all these different websites for you with just the click of a button instead of manually having to go and list them. then people can contact you who are interested in your apartments and you can set up showings. And I think there's even a new feature now where you can set up the self showing. So you select when you're available. And then the people go online and they say, Oh, I, I can do three o'clock and they click it and they get a confirmation. Like "Be someone will meet you there at 3.00 PM and puts out a lot of the call, the phone calls for leasing at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Having that software, just something to be able to manage your life. And you're like, so many landlords today are still running most of their business in their head. Yeah. And they're trying to like figure out how to do it. And they're just like, and I'm not saying you, you can't do it that way or on a bunch of spreadsheets, but man, once you get into a good, like good property management software, you're just like, where has it been all my life? Right.
2: Even the uh, leases now you can, everyone can sign electronically. So you just know if someone wants an apartment. okay, I'm going to send you the lease and submit your whole deposit online and pay your security deposit. And it's, it's really convenient.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome.
3: What's funny is how many people don't get into real estate investing because of these, notions they have that they're going to be taking phone calls at 2am mm-hmm. and having to deal with stuff that when you talk to successful investors, it, this never comes out of their mouth. I never hear someone we interview say, oh, it's these toilets are always overflowing. that make <laughs> me hate my job. But that's always what people who don't get in think it's going to be yeah. like. And the reality is there's software that's designed to do the work that people used to have to do. Those complaints may have been legit 45 years ago, but that's just not the case anymore and And you said the only thing that's not remote is showings, but really, if you have someone that can do it that's that's remote too. That's right. something Brandon yeah. and I spent a lot of time talking about is we want to grow, but we don't want to hate our lives. So how do you systemize <laughs> what you, what you're doing so that you keep growing and you know one of the things that I think I've done well with my agent business is systemize it so when I'm in Hawaii with Brandon. I'm still putting deals together. I usually do a couple listing presentations from Hawaii and come back to new listings that are going on the market and find new clients. And I know he's mentioned building them several times. So I know he really likes that app. And I would just highly encourage everyone that has any idea, I don't want to get into investing because it will be messy or time consuming. It won't be if you you do the things that Ashley's doing.
2: Yeah, yeah, just putting these systems in place has made my life so much easier. I don't think without like property management software, I'd be able to handle all of this at all. It's just so convenient. And it's it's really not that expensive either when you look into it.
3: Yeah. So that's a really good point. Can you tell us what are some other apps or software that you use to make your life easier are?
2: Yeah, yeah. The first one would be the property management software. And then um, to communicate with my tenants, they can do it through the property management software, but I actually have a Google voice number. So I created a phone number that I just Mm -hmm. give out to my tenants and um, I have the app on my phone. So when they call that number, my phone will ring and it will say that my company Colton Farmhouse Development, someone is calling from that. So I know that it's a, a tenant calling. And then I can text them through that. And then I set up their, a voicemail specific to them. Like I'm not available right now, but please leave a message. Um, if this is emergency maintenance request, please call this number. Um, you can also contact me through your portal and just stuff like that. So it's not someone who's calling my personal cell phone, you know, getting, Oh, all this long list of other places they can call or what to do. So it's, that's been very convenient for me.
1: Yeah, that's very cool.
2: Yeah but also with the property management software is I do everything paperless now. So I even have a scanner app on my phone. So I every time I get a bill in the mail, I scan it in and then I attach it to the, the payable and the software. Uh, OneDrive and Google Drive is another one I use. Uh, I actually use both of them right now, but just so I can look up anything whenever I need to, it's right there at my fingertips. It's just so amazing technology now that you really can work from anywhere with using different apps like that. And then I use uh, Everlance um, to track my mileage. That one, like, even when I go to the post office, I'll track it because I have a P.O. box specific to my rentals. I do that anytime I go to a property, I'll track it. And then I use uh, to find deals, I use Land Glide and On X Hunt. So if I'm driving around, I have my ch- kids trained to look at meters on houses. So they see more than two meters. It's mom, look, look. And on glide, you can go right on and look at the parcel, see who owns it, see where they live. Um, it even tells you the percentage of land coverage. So if there's it's 20% wooded, it will tell you that. And then it gives you a link to the county link. You can look up taxes, stuff like that. And then on X amount... Wow is actually a hunting app and it doesn't have as much as land guide, but you can actually see the satellite um, image of the property. So how many buildings are on it? You know, is there a pond? Is it wooded? Stuff like that. That's so what's I, that called?
1: On, on, on X, X, X hunt?
2: hunt. Yeah.
1: So mm, cool.
2: It's for, that's hunters, awesome. No, that's super helpful. You know, it's when they're yeah, but. So they can look up people's property. Um, yeah. Uh, who owns their land? If they're deer, they're tracking when onto the other person's land. So.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I've not heard of that one, but it's a cool idea. Uh, so yeah, the the app thing. Obviously, like the more systems you got, and you clearly are somebody who likes systems, you under like you build these things out because they make your life easier. Uh, but I'm wondering, like, as a property manager now, as a landlord, as somebody who owns and manages your own properties. Can you can I guess what can you tell people who are listening to this who are are nervous about buying and managing their own properties, you know, because I managed my own for the first decade or my wife and I did and we still do. You know, my mother in law managed a lot of them for us now since we moved to Maui. But like for those and David doesn't right? David doesn't know he did his first one and didn't want to do it anymore. So people who are considering getting into the game should they manage their own property? Should they not? Is it harder than you think? Is it easier than you think? I guess, what kind of advice or, or words of wisdom can you offer to people who are in your shoes, you know, X number of years ago?
2: The first thing I would say is get a job in the business. I mean, it, there's <laughs> constantly listings for leasing agents, you know, a Sunday leasing agent to so, show properties, you know, it's one day a week, couple hours, That is a great way to to learn about managing a rental. And then the second thing would be find someone who already does it and just run things by them. You know, you purchase your first property and just bounce things off them. There's so many real estate investors that are willing to share. And even on Instagram, you know, so many people share how they do it. You know, even checklists I see of, you know, the move out cleaning checklist. I see so many people sharing on Instagram. But I would say either find a job, even just a part-time one or find somebody that you can bounce ideas off and can help you get started.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. And speaking of Instagram, so, uh, you know, looking on your Instagram, like one of your most popular, like your most popular posts on your Instagram, which by the way, what's your Instagram? It's a wealth from rentals, right?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. So one of your more popular ones is about how you helped, uh, I think it was your like sister buy a duplex. Is that right? Can you tell that? Yeah. Like, can, so can you explain, my, explain that story? Yeah.
2: My sister graduated college. She was 20 years old and we um she got a job at um, a hospital and so we were looking at houses for sale in the area and i convinced her like do a duplex i showed her you know what i'm doing and how it could work for her so i got into real estate investing too late to house hack we had already you know had her forever house i guess so i'm living through her doing it but she agreed so we started looking and we put an offer in um right before her 21st birthday and it was for a duplex. The asking price was one thirty dollars and been on the market for about four months, I think. And we negotiated down to $134,000 with a new roof put on before closing. So when she turned 21 um, before she closed and she went and got an FHA loan. So she got really low interest, I think 4.3% and then uh, 3.5% down payment. So the deal was was that I would give her the down payment and it ended up being around fourteen thousand dollars. So she would put me on the deed as 50-50, but she's whole she's the one on the mortgage. So I don't have another mortgage counting against me on my credit. Mm, yep. Cause a lot of times you the banks max how many, you know, loans you can have on a property. So she moved into the apartment. There's people living upstairs paying $550. Her mortgage payment was $1,050 a month. So they ended up moving out when their lease ended. And she had renovated the downstairs a little bit and she moved upstairs. So now she's renting the apartment out for a 1005 for the downstairs and she's living upstairs. So she's paying $45 towards her (laughs) mortgage right now. (laughs) And uh, she's like, she's loving it. And she redid some of the upstairs too. And now she's, it's almost been a year since she moved in. So with the FHA loan, she could move out and get another property with another FHA loan and kind of do the same thing again. So we've, we're starting to look again at another property. Picture, yeah, but it's it's been really cool. exciting to share this with my sister, I guess, and get her started so young.
1: Yeah, that's one of the the most valuable things. We don't talk about it a lot, but one of the most valuable parts of becoming a real estate investor and like really like learning this is not just your ability to build wealth for yourself, but your ability to influence those around you to change their destiny forever. Like everybody from your sister to your, you know, your, you have kids, you said, right? So you're like your kids, yeah. like they're going to have a different life because you invest in real estate because you know this stuff. Uh, you know, I help, I, I kind of like help supplement my parents' retirement now, like they're retired and and because they were in a deal with me and then I basically took that deal and we made all the profit from it. I turned it into a loan. And so now like I pay them from this, like just a note basically, For the next 20 30 years like as long like as long as they're around for like they get (laughs) this extra income now to support their retirement like i don't know some of the really cool things about real estate so uh i i also heard a rumor that you did something similar to what i did with with buying a property for your kids can you explain that
2: yeah so i i love when you talk about it so i took three properties that i have and i've designated one for each of my kids And I want to do exactly what you're doing for Rosie. And um, so they each have a 15 year mortgage on it my kids are only five, three, and one. So plenty of time yeah. to pay off the mortgage before they're ready to go to college. But I want to have it paid off. And then when they're ready to go to college or start a business, whatever they want to do, I'm going to refinance the house and let them use that money to you know, start their future. So uh, it's yeah, really exciting cool. because they they know which house is designated to them. I mean, my five and three-year-old do, but And we talk about like, should we do this and this update in this house? Or, you know, okay, your tenant paid rent this month. And I'm trying as much as I can to get them involved in it. And they do showings with me and stuff like that. So
1: That's so cool. I love, I love that you like, took that advice. Cause like, yeah, I did that. Like, and I, yeah. I like to pretend like I, 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 like at the time I knew exactly what I was doing, but in reality, I was just like, <laughs> like I, I had a property and like Rosie was born that week. And so we closed that. And then I was just like, it'd be cool if we put this on like a, you know, shorter term mortgage and paid it off before her college. And I think like that's how it turned into, you know, college hacking or whatever you want to call it today. But anyway, I love that you like actually just took that and ran with it. And now you have like, and again, like the people a lot. I tell that story a lot about like how we can help our kids get to call, you know, avoid all their college debt entirely. But the the real, like the best part for me is that Rosie and your kids as well get to see the power of real estate investing for the next 20 years. It's not something they heard mom talking about or dad talking about. It's like, no, that's mine. Like, and yeah, Rosie's going to be doing her own profit loss statements when she gets old enough to do it. That's her math. Like, and yeah. she'll, she'll get to do all that stuff. And I, I think it's, I think it's awesome. So
2: yeah, this morning, actually, my uh, three-year-old in the car, he's like, mom, I really like that house. He's like, well, when it gets older, can we buy it and rent it out to somebody <laughs> And somebody went there? I was like so proud of him.
3: <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, did you tell him, well, does it have two meters on it? <laughs> <Yeah. Go along."> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was a single meter. I'm going to have to train him better at on that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, three-year-old. Let's go. Come yeah. on.
2: Yeah
1: that's funny no that's that's so amazing and you know they get to they get to learn they get to grow they get to see this so yeah if, if only more parents could find more ways to like involve their kids in their real estate like i don't know i had such a great time i mean rosie was only two at the time but we're driving around i don't know this is a few months ago we were v- visiting uh back where we lived the last decade. And we were looking at all of our properties driving around and it was just me and Rosie in the car. Heather was that her mom's or something. And I was just like explaining to her at two years old, like what, like this is our house. We own this. And she had no yeah, idea, but right. it was fun to be able to try to explain it to her. Yeah. And then she said something cute the other day. I mean like a day or two later, she was like, are we going back to one of our houses? And again, Ew. I don't know if she knew what she we were, what yeah. I was talking about, but she must've at least understood somewhat. Like that's, that's like a toy. Like daddy owns that. And so, right. Anyway, right. You're
2: planting that yeah. seed. <laughs>
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to some specifics about like today. How are you, how are you, let's go. How are you finding deals? Um, how are you offering on them? I mean, are you still using partners and then how do you finance them? Let's go through some of those specifics before we get to the deal deep dive. So we'll start with, yeah. How do you find deals today in this market and where are you finding deals? I don't even know where you're investing.
2: So I'm outside Buffalo, New York and farm countries, (laughs) rural areas. I've been going off on my own now purchasing properties. I use a commercial mortgage line of credit to actually purchase the properties. So when I decided I wanted to go out on my own, I needed more money. So Mm -hmm. my husband has this old farmhouse that he had purchased from his parents and it was paid off and we were actually renting it out at the time. So I went to a bank and it's a small community bank here and they pitched me a commercial mortgage line of credit. So appraised at one hundred thirty thousand, and I was able to pull out one hundred eight thousand, and I had to file it as a mortgage, being commercial, but it acts like a line of credit. I can pull off it anytime, and I pay interest only payments on it. It's um, variable. Um, I think right now it's at like six point seven five percent, but it has been amazing for me to be able to make cash offers, and it's really helped me. <laughs> and I've, I cool. like it because it's not on my own personal residence either. I know a lot of people use Helox to do that, but I like the safety that I'm not risking my, uh, my own house to.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
3: I do the same so- thing. Uh, and it's an awesome tool. A lot of people balk at hard money rates and never even stop to ask, well, if I already have an asset with equity in it, how could I use that? As collateral. And it's like, I, I call it giving a loan to yourself for really, really yeah, cheap, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm paying a bank 6% off of my own asset, as opposed to a hard money lender that want maybe 9, 10, sometimes up to 14% interest. And it just functions like a bridge loan, right? You use it to buy the property. And right. it's a really easy way to burr. If you buy a fixer upper property with that money, then you fix it up. Then you go refi it into a traditional 30 year rate, probably even less than six and a half percent. Yeah, You pay off your line, you've got that money to go buy your next round of houses, and you don't need to keep cash in the bank.
1: Yeah. Is that actually what you're doing? Yeah. Like, are yeah. you refinancing them then? And yeah. pay so loan the credit? money?
2: The money isn't pulled off for that long, maybe three, four months. Um, and then, you know, it's just paid back off. So you're really not paying that much interest. Um, it's definitely worth it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite strategies for investing is that if you have the equity, if you can get a line of credit, whether it's on your own property or on, on another one, like that is such, such some of the best money to get. Yeah. I well, what's what's that. awesome
3: is that in five, 10, maybe 15 years, those three properties you bought with the commercial line will then have enough equity in them that you can do a commercial line on those and then <laughs> go buy the next round. Right. And it's like these trees that you plant and then they grow and then you can use those to do the next one. And that's how you kind of expand exponentially. What's important is that you get started by partnering with somebody or not worrying about toilets overflowing or all the dumb stuff that keeps people from (laughs) taking action so that you get to that point where everything's kind of rolling with momentum.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And to kind of add on to that one thing too, that I do to systemize everything is I have a company that I work with that they just do maintenance. So they're like a property management company, but just maintenance. So that's really helped too, where I, even if there was that you know, 1am call, toilets overflowing on my voicemail. It just says, you know, please call for this emergency maintenance. And they pick up that phone call and they go and take care of it. And then they inform me the next day what went on. But it has been very helpful to go and find someone that will do that for you for those very few. They've only, I think, once maybe gotten a midnight call for something in the five years I've been doing this. But if you can find someone who will do that for you too, that helps a lot.
1: Yeah, the midnight call thing, to go back to that, like I get everyone talks about it. And I've been doing this now yeah. for 12 years. I've had one like I had one mid- middle and night call and it wasn't even an emergency. And I've had like one like 10 o'clock at night water pouring through kind of a problem. And like that,
2: yeah. that, that's
1: a lot. I mean, I've had a lot of rentals over the last 12 years and that's like twice. And both of them, I could have just called a contractor and, you know, yeah. Silly. Right. So, all right. So, how do you find properties today? How are you finding deals to buy? And what are you looking for?
2: Um, most of them I'm finding on the MLS. I work with a realtor. She sends me deals pretty often. And then I check Zillow every day. But just there's not a lot of competition in our area. So, um, I've been finding a lot of deals that way. And then I just if I see uh for sale by owner, I'll call on those even if it's not a multifamily, I'll call and ask, "Hey, do you have any other properties available?" but mostly oh, it's has good been word of mouth too. Just I tell everyone that I buy rental properties, so yeah, definitely been helpful so
1: and are you only looking multifamily i mean that's the much all you want is multifamily.
2: Yeah. I have the one single family and that's the old farmhouse, Uh, but the rest Mm -hmm. are duplexes and then a three unit and a six unit. And why is that? I, I think that I, the overhead, I guess I like as many people Mm -hmm. under one roof as possible, especially with me for my job, managing the apartment complexes. So the one apartment complex is 40 units and then I have 30 units, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I run around a lot more <laughs> managing stuff with okay, we've got, you know, these six yards to cut the grass this week. We, you know, I gotta make sure my guys fit it in and stuff like that. Where at the apartment complex is just one, you know, lawn to worry about. So that that's really my biggest thing is I don't want to have a ton of single family homes and continuous maintenance on all of those. So
1: sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what in your business fires you up? Like, what do you just like love doing? What, where are you in the zone and flow? Like, where you just like, yeah, this is my game.
2: I love uh, analyzing a deal and like getting that aha moment. Like, yes, this property is going to work. And I used to be afraid to submit lowball like offers. And I used to be afraid of what my realtor would think and what the seller would think. But now I like get excited, like, okay, this is so low that this would be awesome (laughs) if it was accepted. And I love helping other people. I have two good friends that invest too. And one started investing about the same time I did and the other one just about a year ago. And it's just really fun to bounce things off each other and, uh, you know, go look at a deal together and say, okay, should we partner? Should, you know, we, you know, one of us buy it or what? So
1: yeah, very cool. And then what about your future? Like, where do you want to head? Where do you see this going?
2: I've pretty much changed my mind every single day. (laughs) Some (laughs) days, some days I'm like, I just want to pay off all the properties, live live off of the rental income I have now. And then other days, I'm like, you know what, let's, let's scale, let's scale. So last week I decided I'm going to sell the first duplex I ever bought and I put it, it should hit the market today actually. And I want to use that cash to maybe buy a four unit, six unit, something like that. I want to scale up. So cool. That's, that's today's idea of where I want to be.
1: Yeah. And I know it changes.
3: Don't feel bad about that. Cause we all go through yeah. it. There's like a entrepreneurial bipolarism that goes <laughs> on where <laughs> one day you're on top of the world and you want to conquer the whole thing. And then it, sometimes one small thing happens and you just, I hate this. I hate everything about this. Why did I ever do this? I go through that routinely. That's funny. Yeah. So I want to ask you, Ashley, we don't get a ton of women who are as into real estate investing as you are. And those that are, are often asking, why are there not more women that are doing this? Can you tell me a little what your experience has been like as a woman in the industry, if you found it was extra challenging, or maybe there was some benefits to it? how you navigated this world as a as a woman and then what advice you have for other women that want to get started.
2: Okay. I actually have a good story for that. When I had driven by this uh, commercial property one time and there was just a, a commercial sign out front for it for sale. And I just called on it, it looked like residential units upstairs and it was a realtor. And he said that it, his father owned the property and actually had more properties for sale. If I'd be interested meeting him in the area and he'd show me all the properties. So, that right there was great. I was really excited. So I get to the property, I get out of the car, he's standing there and you know, we shake hands and stuff and he's just standing there and I'm like, okay, can we go in? He's like, well, is your husband getting out of the car? (laughs) So it was really funny.
1: He
3: just
2: assumed my husband, you know, this was my husband's deal or he was a part of it. And I was like, no, it's, it's just me. I I'm the one interested in buying it. So I've actually ended up buying, um, about 12 units from his dad, from that deal. So we've become good friends because of it. But, um, and then the six I have under contract now are from the same guy, but it was just really That's funny cool. that he uh, assumed that my husband would be a part of it. But yeah, I, you, I honestly, you know what to say about
1: assuming. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Not good. Anyway. So I, I think it's very easy to do because You don't need to do the maintenance. There are people out there that will do the maintenance for you. And I feel like that's why a lot of people don't want to do it because they're like, I don't know anything about the construction of a house. I don't know how to repair things. Well, I have no idea either. My 21 year old sister did a better job, you know, doing her own (laughs) maintenance and updating her property than I ever could. But I, you can hire all that stuff out. And as long as your numbers are good, you can make that work. I, probably have had my husband go to a property one time in the last five years to do a repair for me. He is very hands off from it. And I I don't recommend not having your husband on board and doing it. My husband's very supportive and, you know, he loves talking to me about it, but I honestly don't think he knows where any of my properties are. (laughs) So it's just an interesting perspective that, you know, you don't need to have a man, you know, to do that maintenance, and I'm I'm not a feminist, really. So <laughs> I just I,
1: I I'm a strong, independent woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: right. right. <laughs> I wish my husband would do it with me, because then we could just drive around and look at properties out there Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's, uh,
1: that,
3: that's why you're forced to recruit your three-year-olds <laughs> to do it. <laughs> so, what yeah. about advantages that a woman might have in the industry that may be overlooked?
2: Well, sometimes I can use the excuse like, oh, you know what? I need to talk to my husband. If I don't feel comfortable mm. like giving an answer right then and there, it's a perfectly believable excuse that anyone's just like, oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, you don't need to answer on something now, but...
3: That, that that's great. Brandon yeah. and I use it with our imaginary partner. Oh, I gotta go run this <laughs> yeah. by my partner, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, my one partner yeah. was on his honeymoon last week. So I used that to like delay a furnace install that I thought we could have a better <laughs>
1: offer on. That's funny. Yeah. That's really funny. Hey, hey, Ashley, what's been your biggest challenge so far in real estate investing?
2: Gosh, I don't know. I I think a lot of it was at first money is until I got that mortgage line of credit. But then once that I found out that after that, I'd say tenant relations, just going to manage your own property, you really need to be understanding and you need to learn how to deal with your tenants because it can break you. <laughs> because <they're, laughs> and that, that honestly has been the hardest thing for me. And even at my job, I've grown so much from the day I started to to now with handling tenants and knowing, you know, just what, what they expect, what I expect and how to draw a fine line between us and not give in to anything and still be compassionate about their situation.
1: Yeah, so. uh, that's really good. Uh, and conversely, what makes you smile? What makes you like, what memory, what memory, of the past, you know, few years since you got into this. By the way, when did you get into this? I don't think we asked that.
2: Uh, it would uh, be five years ago, so like 2014, I bought my property.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. so great. All right. So in the past five years, what memory like just stands out to you is like that was a good day. That was something special.
2: I paid off uh, my husband's truck with uh, my rental property income, <laughs> and I I just love that. Like the day I clicked that button and submitted that final payment because. He's always supported me forever. And it was just so nice to be able to do one thing for him. You know, that was just, I've worked so hard and, you know, I'm gone a lot. Just, you know, I've been traveling to conferences lately and, so it was about a year ago that I was able to do that for him. And since then, I've actually paid off his farm equipment. I have one more, a skid steer to pay off for him, but just great, like showing that all this time I've wasted on real estate actually hasn't been a waste. Like I've been able to, you know, provide for our family and, you know, get his yeah. farm paid off. So that that really has been worth all of it for me. So
1: that's, that's phenomenal. And I mean, it truly is like your Instagram thing says wealth from rentals. Like it doesn't happen overnight yeah, right. but like over time. Like it, it just gets better and better and better. That's a cool thing about real estate, right? It gets better. Like yeah. not only do you get wealthier, people talk about that. Your systems get better. So the mm-hmm. work tends to be a little easier or at least more manageable. You feel more yeah. comfortable. You make more money. You get more cash flow. Your equity goes up. Your loan gets paid down. Just, it's just wealth right. like over time just grows. Yeah. So that's a great, great story about that. How that, uh, how that's kind of worked. Are you going to a BP conference? The BP con?
2: Yes, I am. Yeah. I probably registered in the first five minutes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right. We're going to have a good, we're going to have a, yeah, we're going to have a good time. We'll hang out. Um, Very cool. Oh, by the way, I think at the, uh, I think I said it in the quick tip at the beginning of today's show, but there is a discount code. I think it's for like, yeah, it's like 200 bucks off. If you use code last chance, 200, that's one word. Last chance, 200, it's like a two hundred dollars discount. It's the last chance to get tickets for the conference. So, if they're not already sold out, so go to the bigger Check it out. Sorry, Ashley, you didn't get the two hundred dollars discount. <laughs> I
2: did, <because laughs> but I'm all right, a pro
1: member. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah, Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, you got you got in there early. That's awesome. All right, so let's shift gears here and head over to the deal deep dive. Deep dive. This is the part of the show where we dive deep into one particular property or investment that you've made, whether it's good or bad, and we find out more details about it. So let's go there now. Uh, Ashley, you got a property in mind we can pick apart?
2: Yes. So this one I did with a partner and it's the partner that we're 50-50 on everything. Uh, We found this property in a small town. We'd never invested in there before. The property was in a flood zone. It was vacant and the guy next door owned it, just wanted to get rid of it, didn't want to deal with it anymore. So we took you a look at it. It was, in a, flo-
1: it was flood in a flood zone. zone. Yep. Yep. And does that worry oh. you at all? Cause I mean, I own some properties in flood zones, but it did. Does It doesn't you? anymore. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, Why?
2: Well, the property was only $35,000. So if it did get wow. washed out, it's not <laughs> really that big of a loss, I guess. But, that's um, funny.
1: And we, what kind of property yeah. was it? Is this a duplex uh, it's a or something?
2: Duplex. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's right. okay. All right. so, I think you said that. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, how about, all that? right, go ahead, David. How'd you, how'd you find the
3: deal?
2: Uh, just on the MLS. So I started expanding uh-huh. the towns that I was looking in and this town actually had cheaper taxes than the other towns I was looking in, but you know, still had public water, sewer, a couple of the other things I look for. Plus it was in walking distance of, you know, the grocery store, stuff like that. And it's also very low income. Community, there was a, a lot of renters in that area, and just there was nothing available, nothing available to rent there.
1: That's cool. I, I like that you're not afraid of those because, like, I've had a lot of luck in that kind of a situation as well, like a smaller mm-hmm. town, lower income. You know, a lot of people are like, no, you got to only buy in Phoenix or Atlanta or Seattle or Denver where the market's right. just crazy. But, like, I, I've had a lot of luck, like, just with, with rental property in the small little towns that aren't booming and, and, and growing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get as much appreciation, maybe, but. I like that cash flow. So, how did you? uh, So you said thirty five thousand dollars. Was that the actual? Was that what they're asking? And you just paid what they're asking, or did you do any negotiation in there?
2: Uh, Yeah, they were asking thirty nine nine, and we got it down to thirty five four, I believe it was, and we did a cash offer and it was our first deal we were partnering on and we did not know where we were going to get the money yet. (laughs) So (laughs) it was a little nerve wracking at first. We have used like a hard money lender, each of us separately, and we could always use him, but uh, we just didn't want to use him at this time. So we went to a small local bank and we just wanted to look at what our permanent financing would be so we could kind of finalize our numbers on the property. And when we were talking to the loan officer about uh, permanent financing, once we closed, he said, well, how are you guys buying the property? And we just, well, we're figuring it out and tried not to show that we had no idea. So he's like, well, you know, if if you guys are interested, I could give you a 90 day unsecured loan interest only at 8%. So our mouth kind of drops like, really? (laughs) you can do that. And he's like, yeah. And we're like, okay, we'll do it. So we got this 90 day loan and the deal was we would come back and as soon as we close refinance with the same bank. So we did that. Um, We paid, it took us three months to close. So we paid or to refinance after we closed. So we paid maybe three months interest on that 90 day loan. So after we closed, we put an $800 fridge in there and that was all we did to the property. The appraiser comes in a week after closing and it appraised for $55,000 and we had bought it nice. for $35,000. So that was super exciting.
1: That must've been one fancy fridge right there. I know, yeah. was-
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we did go a little overboard, but uh, <laughs> so we uh, so it, it was the only thing we had to buy, but yeah, oh, um, awesome. 55,000. So we're like, well, we want to max out what we can get. So it ended up being like 41,250 or whatever we could withdraw from it. So the bank was so You took like, out
1: more money than you even bought it for.
2: Yes, yes. And the bank yeah, wasn't cool. really happy about it, but we had time <laughs> they would give us, I think, it's 75% of the value or whatever. So they worked with us and they did it. And when we closed, we covered all our closing costs, the extra money. And we had, I think maybe $2,000 extra. We just threw into a reserves account. And
1: so Ashley, you can't, no money, no money down is a, is a, (laughs) a, is a myth. You can't actually do that. That's, that's a scam. You can't do it. So clearly you're wrong. No, that's awesome. So I guess, uh, David, I don't want to see your question. You can, you can go.
3: Well, you just explained what you did with it. It was the Burr method. I was actually thinking I wish I'd interviewed you when I wrote the Burr book because that would have been such a cool story to put yeah. in there. Like, like how the fridge hack allowed you to pull out more than what you fit in fridge <laughs> on a <hacking>. blood <laughs> so, property. So um, what, what lessons did you end up learning from this deal?
2: Well, I just want to add one more thing about it that makes it a great deal, too, is that uh, the the property, it was 35000 and it rents for 1200 a month, $600. Whoa. Units. So that was another really exciting, great thing about the deal. And I, I'm sure that also helped it appraise. Um, we had told the appraiser we were going to list it for that. We didn't have renters when they appraised it, but it, it's been really great uh, property to have, so...
1: Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. It's like a 3% rule deal right there. That's, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Oh,
2: I'm sorry, David. All what right. was your question again?
1: <laughs> uh, what lessons did you
3: learn? from? Okay, me?
2: so, well, one thing would be the flood zone is like, don't be afraid of, you know, weird things that come up. It costs us $1,500 a month or a year to have the flood insurance. And yep. our numbers still work great even with it. And we had to get the flood insurance because of the mortgage. And maybe when the mortgage yep. is paid off, we'll drop it, self-insure it. I, I'm not really sure. But uh, another thing would be don't be afraid to contact loan officers and ask them for you know, what kind of financing they can offer for your exact situation. Like there's just so many different types of financing, especially the, the smaller community banks.
1: You want to know a funny story about flood insurance? So I don't, I, I'm not giving this advice. I'll, I'll warn people ahead of time. This is not advice. I'm telling what a friend of mine does and it works out really well for him. Uh, whether or not it works for everyone else, I don't know, but he buys properties in flood zones and then deliberately will cancel the flood insurance right after buying it. <laughs> and so what the bank, the bank finds out, they get this message. You've canceled flood insurance. You need to put it back on. He'll be like, eh, no. And they're like, no, you have to put it on. They'll send him another letter. He's like, no, they're like, well, we're going to place lender. We're going to we're going to go buy the flood insurance and place it for you. And he's like, OK, so they do that. And it's like half the cost of flood insurance. Like they're like lenders. Like he he's found this numerous times. Lenders get a better rate on flood insurance than he does. Wow. So he just cancels in flood insurance and makes the lender put it on which then it just comes out of escrow. He doesn't have to right. deal with it. And it's like half the cost. So anyway, I thought sure that it was gonna work in every area, but for he's found this like trick and it just works. So uh, I actually paid off. I had two properties in flood zones. I paid them both off, got out of the flood insurance because like I, I'd rather just yeah. Yeah, self-insure basically. I'm like, right. worst case, flood comes, damages the bottom, you know, 2 feet like let's say a 5 foot flood mm-hmm. comes like crazy right the right. damage is the bottom 2 feet i got to dry it out i lose rent for a few months i got to put new drywall on the bottom new flooring i'm going to be out 15 grand but i was paying like 7 grand a year on this property for flood insurance wow. so there was a really a really high flood insurance there and it was uh i was like yeah it's not going to happen every other year so i just right, decided to right. like take the, <laughs> take take the risk so yeah uh, and Anyway, so that's, that's something to consider with flood insurance. One thing I've, I've, I don't like about flood insurance is, and again, I would still buy in a flood zone, but there it's a subsidized program, which means that the government helps pay down. So it's not so expensive for people, but that comes and goes in fashion with whoever's in office and, and, and what parties are there. So I, I sometimes have a worry that that adds a degree of risk to me that I'm like, ah, I don't really want to do, but if you're at a like 35, $40,000 level, all that make, who cares? If you're talking about a $500,000 property in a flood zone, where your flood insurance is 7 grand a year, I'd be I'd be a little bit more concerned probably. But cheaper areas, I don't mind it. But cool. All right, well, that's the end of the deal deep dive. Let's head over to the next segment, the fire round. Fire round. It's time for the fire round. <laughs> All right, these are the questions that come direct out of the Bigger Pockets forums. We're going to fire them at you right now, Ashley. Number one from Kalisha in Miami, Florida: What is your criteria of a good deal? Like, do you look for a rate of return, or are you looking for a cash flow number? What makes it a good deal for you?
2: Really, right now, all I'm looking for is cash flow. That's what, and putting as little of my own money. Down as possible, so it'll be how much money I have available on my line of credit to use. If you know I can pay the whole thing through that and not have to withdraw from my personal savings, I see that as a great deal. And then if there's cash flow, and right now that's been my primary vehicle to build wealth, pay off you know debt, stuff like that. So
1: cool.
3: What I look for. All right. Next question from Nathan in LA. I'm looking at a set of duplexes to buy in a rural California town. Brandon, did you skip this question just so you wouldn't have to say rural?
1: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, David. <laughs> Shut up, man.
0: That, <laughs> that comes was, from the, the a question, long, right?
3: ago, <laughs> <laughs> long ago <sighs> that the, the annals of bigger pockets lore when. Rural was an inside joke between Brandon and Josh. All right, uh, the seller is offering seller financing, and I'm trying to find the right price to offer. I cannot find any comps in the area. Do you have any tips for valuing property in a remote area?
2: Yeah, so for me, I'm not looking for appreciation at all. So I, I really don't look at comps at all because I'm looking if the numbers work for what the asking price is or what I want to offer. I'm not looking for equity and if you can have that cash flow and you can pay down your mortgage you're already building equity if your tenants are paying down your your mortgage. I really don't look at the comps when I'm looking at rural areas because I don't care what other people are paying for houses. I want to pay what works for me on a house. Mm.
1: Yeah. Love it. Okay, great. All right, Ryan from Phoenix, Arizona asks, "Hey, I just purchased I just purchased a fourplex in what is probably a sea area. Two of the units are vacant and do not have washer and dryers, but they do have the hookups. How much value do washer and dryers really add? Do you think it's worth to spend the thousand dollars to add a washer and dryer in these units?
2: Well, if my $800 fridge, you know, appreciated my value. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually what I have been doing the probably the last year is I don't supply any appliances anymore. Uh, it's mm. really cut down on repairs and maintenance on appliances. But also I found so many people want to bring their own anyways. They either have their own or they want, you know, a nicer one with an ice maker and double doors and a lot more than I provide. And I don't think that, you know, you're going to get that much value if the washer and dryers are actually in there than if they weren't. But having the hookups definitely adds a lot of value right there.
1: Yeah, I hate having washer and dryers and units that I supply because they do break and tenants do mistreat them. And then who's fixing it? The landlord is. Like I would almost rather I'm not saying I do this, but I would almost rather like be like, hey, tenant, you go buy your own. Take it off the rent this month. Like I would almost rather do that. just so I don't have to deal with it, even if it's like I like I'm not going to do that. But like that's how much I hate dealing with repairs and maintenance on washers and dryers and dishwashers and garbage disposals and all that crap. Um,
3: I literally started doing that in, uh, in some states, it's common to to provide a fridge and others, it's yeah. not. So like in California, we don't give a fridge, but in Florida, you do. Yeah. So I noticed that it's not even the upfront cost of the appliances. It's like you said, the reoccurring maintenance every year when they break it yep. and it, you have to go repair it. And I noticed that like just the labor and time to go repair the appliance is oftentimes a third of the price of the whole thing to fix a small piece. So what I started doing was noticing that that was the majority of the call outs. And I just started saying, Hey, let's not provide a fridge and let's tell them that they can have $500 off the move in cost or the first month's rent to bring their own. Hmm. And it's such a good investment just to not have that stuff come up over and over and over.
1: That's yeah. cool. And I bet tenants love that too. Like, Oh, I can pick my own fridge out. You know, like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if yeah, you're my landlord Monday, bought like, me a fridge, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. that's cool. Yeah.
3: And now treat it like it's your own. So yeah. I don't have to fix it every time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's cool. Uh, All right.
3: Okay. Next question is from David in Greenville, South Carolina. Didn't we just interview Josiah
1: who is in Greenville? Or we is did. there just
3: a hundred Greenvilles? Was no, he, the yeah, same Greenville? I
1: think the same Greenville.
3: Where obviously Greens have done a lot to contribute to society. <laughs> we keep naming cities after them. There's a lot of Greenvilles, Greenbergs. All right. Yep.
1: Greensboro. Uh,
3: so so David, also great first name. I'm liking this guy more and more. <laughs> asks. I understand that no one can really predict a true recession, but is anyone else pumping the brakes on Burr investing or being more cautious? My concern is getting caught with my pants down (laughs) with high interest rate debt before I can refinance or assuming higher ARVs at the beginning of the deal, but seeing a dip towards the end.
2: I'm all about what's comfortable for you if you are taking every single thing you have and investing it and you have nothing left, I wouldn't even do that. If there wasn't, you know, a looming recession coming on. Yep. I think that it's, you should be have that little bit of safety all the time. And I highly, like even the property I did for the deal deep, vibe, like that was no money out of my pocket, but that doesn't mean that I didn't have money in my savings account in case yeah. you know that, brand new fridge broke down then they after closing or whatever, you know, I, I think that if there is a a looming recession, just whatever makes you comfortable, if you want to pump the brakes, that's fine. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say stop investing because there still are good deals out there. And if you make the good deals, you can get into that fixed long-term financing. And you set it so that even if, you know, a tenant moves out, you're, in an area that you can fill it, or you are in multifamily where there's still other two or three units occupied. So I wouldn't say stop investing if there is a looming recession, but just use whatever you're comfortable with.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I I I, I would concur. Like, I don't care if there's a recession looming or not, but like at the same time, like I do my investing thinking that it might happen. I mean, if it's 50, let's say it's 50, 50, right? Yeah. Okay. How does that change my approach? Well, like little thing I mentioned this before, but like I'm going to start flipping here in Maui, like we're building up a little fi- flipping operation. Great. So I'm going to make sure that if the market drops 15, 20%, we're in the middle of that flip, I'm still okay. So I'm okay. approaching it as if now, if it doesn't happen, cherry on top, I just make more money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also means, hey, I'm going to start flipping with partners. Like, I'm going to bring in money partners who can fund the whole deal and the fine, uh, rehab costs. Instead of going hard money, I'm going to use partners because, yeah, I make less money. But if something goes wrong, we just hold less the risk. property. Less risk. Less risk. Yeah. We hold the property. I mean. It, Think of that. Let's say you go, you go flip a house or do a bird deal, right? And you're it's a $500,000 property because you're in a more expensive area or a million dollar property. Yeah, you're doing hard money and the recession drops you 15%. Like that's going to suck. But if you got a partner, okay, well, we rented out for a few years. The partner's only getting a 4% return during that time, but who cares? That's the risk they took. They're not losing money. No one's losing money. So again, it's just a different way of looking at it saying, if this is going to happen, what do we do to prevent against, you know, to make sure we don't lose. So.
3: Right. Well, it's odd he mentioned the Burr method because I actually like the Burr method specifically because, because it protects yeah. you against mm-hmm. a, a recession. If you yeah. if you got all your money out of that deal. And the market tanks, who cares? You're not taking a loss. You've already recovered your capital. Yeah. In fact, you'll use that capital to go buy cheaper properties. It's a good thing. Yeah. The old, but if, was if, he, if he
1: can't refinance it, I think that's his point. Like, what if you can't yeah, refinance it? But. He's talking
3: about the entire market dropping dramatically within your two or three month window of a yeah. refi. Yeah. Just Like that target is so tiny when you compare the years and years of time that you're hoping it won't happen then. And even if it does happen, how is that different than if you just put 25% down? If it drops 25%, the whole market does, which is huge, and you refinance for 25% less, that's still the same as if you'd put 25% down on a regular investment property. You're not really that far off of any – like the Burr method was still the best way to go. So. I would probably say if you're worried about a recession, burn investing is the best way to go and just don't buy anything that's going to be a 12-month remodel where yeah. you're just you're exposed for a long period of time. Yeah, that's
1: a big Great. thing right now. I don't want to do massive rehabs that are Yeah, I was looking at a deal the other day with a 2 million dollar property. They wanted two, almost 2 million for it, but it's going to be worth like 2.5. It's 12 months of work and I'm like, jeez, like that sounds so want, much fun, but I don't want to be caught <laughs> with my pants down. So
3: do you, do you want an analogy?
1: I would love one
3: it's like when you're playing musical chairs and there's a ton of chairs and you're kind of everyone's goofing off and they're dancing and being silly because yep. they know there's a bunch of chairs to go in. Well, as the chairs get smaller, that's like the recession's coming. You start seeing like you're lingering really, really close to that chair before jumping to the next one because you know that music's going to yeah. stop at any minute. You quick, like yeah. You, yeah, you take a really long period to do your remodel when there's a lot of chairs out there, but if you really feel like a recession's coming close, you only take deals that are a short little jump to the next chair and you'll yeah. be okay.
1: We actually had a guest a couple of years ago give that an. A similar analogy. We are talking about how it's like musical chairs. Uh, David Gudmundson. I don't remember the episode number, but we'll put it in the show notes. But he talked about how like he used that analogy. And then he said, you know what? what he's like, what I realized is I don't need to be the last one out. I don't need to be jumping from chair to chair at the last second. So I sit down. I'm going to sit down and put my feet up and watch everyone dance. And then when, uh, the mar- when the lights, you know, everyone scrambles for their chairs, I'm already sitting down. Yeah, I might not make the most amount of money in the world, but... That's okay. I'm relaxed. I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed the run up. And the next time I'm going to do it again. I don't need to be the last one. I just, I don't need to be the last one in. I would rather mm-hmm. be the first one out. And uh, that was just really, really good. Yeah, Strong
3: showing from David's on today's show. I know <laughs> that
1: was another David. <laughs> All right, we got to move on. Let's get to the next and last segment of the show. It is our world famous famous for let's get to the famous four. number one. Ashley, what's your current favorite real estate investing book?
2: I had a really hard time picking this because there's a lot that I love. So I want to try to do something different. And it's actually, um, so I'm from New York state and it's the New York state landlord's guide. And it's a Uh guide that actually New York state put out and it goes through, you know, all of your legal rights as a landlord in New York state. And it even has copies of the documents to, if you need to file an eviction, it has the, was previously the three-day notice. Now it's a 14-day notice. And then, you know, your petition for eviction and it just has, it's a, you know, very little book, but it just has so much information. So if your state does something like that.
1: Yeah, that'd be super helpful. Yeah. But they changed from three-day notice to 14-day notice.
2: Oh, that's That's, been awful. There's a (laughs) lot of changes that just happened in June. Yeah. Like a month and a half long process now in New York state to evict someone. And even when wow. you get your court date, they can go to court and say we want a two-week adjournment, and that was that was something wow. new. And yeah, so As you
3: know, if go, <laughs> it takes fourteen file. days to process the information that you stopped paying your yeah, rent. Yeah. <laughs> you just yep. need to let it soak in. And yeah. Really? yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> wow. You
3: know, I wasn't gonna bring this up, Ashley, but I did check out your Instagram page before we started, and I noticed that you have uh, pictures with you and Brandon's book, but not. Just complete coincidence i'm sure
1: well didn't that you win be- didn't you win one of my books
2: yeah i won one so if you send me an autograph yeah. book i will definitely yep. post a picture with it
3: <laughs> that was a very good turnaround actually you you've you nicely flipped the script on me right there well done Counterpunch. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've been doing a free book. I've been doing free book Fridays on my Instagram. So if you follow me at Beardy Brandon, you might get a free book on a Friday. And same with David Green. You should start giving away copies of your burr book. I idea. like
3: how you just set me up for a free book Friday. Yeah, I did, right with there. David, Green.
1: David Green is actually going to give out three copies of his books on his Instagram this week that this episode comes out. So go to David Green 24 on Instagram. Dave's going to give out three copies. He'll explain on his Instagram how that's going to happen. You like that,
3: David? Abs- has to happen now. <laughs> and if you guys want to know what it's like to be friends with Brandon, it is that all the time. <laughs> Constantly. Like, <laughs> We you have a great show for again. you today. Yeah. David's going to tell you about today's quick tip. Go. And I just got to make something up right there on the screen. You know, David, you,
1: you can push your way to greatness, or you can get pulled there. And I like pulling you there. That's what we're doing. You here.
3: absolutely do. That's what it's like. It's like holding onto the rope of a water ski after you fall and just getting sucked underwater when you're friends with Brandon. He's always doing this. Oh, you like bigger pockets? Well, so does David. He's right here. David, tell him everything they need to do to build wealth in 30 seconds, <laughs> and then I gotta go. He's always writing checks, and then I gotta cash. You That's you why go. I love Brandon. That's how you do it. Thank, thank you, friend, for seeing the best of me. All right, Ashley, back to you. What is your favorite business book?
2: I chose Hug Your Haters by Jay Baer. So this book is all about just how to have relationships with, it's customer service based, so um, how to deal with your customers. So I use it a lot when I relate with my tenants and even talking with contractors, vendors. um, It's been really helpful to just, when someone says this, how to react. And it's basically like a kill them with kindness, but I've scribbled in it and took so many notes, um, since I read it, but I highly recommend it to anyone who is managing their own rentals and how to deal with tenants.
1: That's good. That's a good title. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I would not heard of that. I love new books. uh, that people bring up new books on the show because that's great. Good job.
3: All right. What are other than having your kids look for the next investment property for you? (laughs) What are some of your other hobbies?
2: Well, I we recently built like a patio on our uh behind our house with a shelter and a fire pit. So that's one thing I love to do is hang out there with my family. And then the second thing would be uh travel hacking with credit cards. I've gotten really into it in the past year. I've booked uh probably six trips, all completely paid for for flights and hotels. So it's really helped me been able to go to conferences. I'm have three coming up this fall and my flights are free and my hotels are free and I'm just paying for the, the conference itself, but it's been fun to do it too.
1: my uh business partner ryan murdoch who's sitting right now outside the pool he that guy's a rock star he's always like traveling he's like like he we go we get on a plane and like they come over to him and they're like thank you mr murdoch for being a diamond platinum special member can i rub your feet for you and they're like like they're just it's ridiculous how like they treat him like royalty and he's like he's just is really good at the credit card game so he's like I don't know. We get to fly. I get to fly first class with him because they're just like, oh, you have a guest, Mr. Murdoch. Here, let's massage his toes, too. Like, it's it's insane. The credit card is a
3: fascinating man. I feel like someday someone's going to write a book about his life, just a biography, and it would be such a good read.
1: It would be amazing. Yeah.
3: I was telling Brandon I saw that movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is a very weird movie. But Brad Pitt's character reminded me exactly what Ryan (laughs) is like.
2: Can he hear that we're talking about him right now? He
1: can't can't hear that we're talking about him. He's sitting out there awkwardly looking at me, like (laughs) shaking his head. (laughs) So anyway, uh, funny. All right. Last question, Ashley. What do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from all those who give up, fail or never get started?
2: I think uh, the willingness to share uh, share how you've done it, what you're doing, because every time you share it, it gets yourself fired up and you get, you know, more and more excited about it to keep it going. And even on those hard days when, you know, it doesn't seem like it's working, just go and share it with someone who wants to learn and, that's part of the reason I started my Instagram account was I had literally have no other social media, but I just wanted (laughs) to, you know, share what I'm doing and to talk about it with other real estate investors, And and it really does get me excited. And even bigger pockets, I probably found bigger pockets maybe two and a half years ago. And I'd already had six or seven rentals. And after I found bigger pockets, I just exploded. I, within one year, I like, almost tripled my awesome. portfolio but it's just don't be afraid to don't keep it a secret what you're doing share it with people because if they start doing the same it's just gonna benefit you and help you so
1: fantastic answer yeah. i not heard that one before either you're 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 like bringing the fire on the on the famous <laughs> four here at the end so well done
3: ashley fire care okay last question of the day Tell us where people can find out more about
1: you.
2: It would be a bigger pockets, uh, Ashley care. And then um, my Instagram page uh, at wealth from rentals.
1: Oh. There you go. And care is K E H R. What, what kind of, is that like a Swedish or.
2: I, I you know? have no idea.
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it,
2: it's my married name. So I don't, I, I've never asked my uh, husband, so.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Danish. I don't know if that's a thing. But with with that, let's get out of here. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been fantastic. Of course, everybody go follow Ashley over on Instagram at wealthfromrentals. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, well, keep them to yourself. Just kidding. No, go to biggerpockets.com slash show 348. At the bottom, there's a comment section there. Uh, write a comment to Ashley. Tell you what you liked about her show today. Uh, something that stood out to you. Ask her questions. All that can be done there, as well as links to all of those apps and programs and things she talked about earlier on the show, all of there on the show notes. So fantastic. Ashley, thank you so much.
2: Yeah, thank you guys. I had a great time.
1: All right, and that was our interview with Ashley Care. Awesome show, awesome woman. This was this was just a good episode. I I love these people who are like in the trenches, like building their business and doing it like such a smart, methodical way, and she definitely fits that.
3: Yeah, I these are some of my favorite shows where you realize this is just a normal person. They're doing everything <laughs> yeah. that that anybody else could be doing yep. and they just have the right mindset. And that mm. mindset is all that matters when it comes to being successful.
1: Yeah, it, it totally is. So yeah, very, very cool. Like we said, go follow Ashley over on Instagram at wealth from rentals. Check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com. show 348 and make sure you sign up for the bigger pockets conference by going to biggerpocketsconference.com and use that code. What was it? Last chance, 200, no spaces, just one word. Last chance, 200, and you can save a couple hundred bucks on the bigger pockets conference if it's not sold out yet. So uh, come hang out with us in Nashville. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that's all I got. Yeah.
3: All right, she is at, on Instagram. She is Ashley at Wealth for Rentals. He is Beardy Brandon, and I am David Green 24. When you buy your ticket, send me a message and tell me, hey, I'm going to be there. Let me know. Uh, we'll see if we can get something organized for all the people that reached out. Well, maybe Ooh, Brandon fancy. and I will put together a little private mastermind. Since he's giving fancy, away my books fancy. for free, but I am, Friday, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to give away his time at the conference here so you guys can get to see the uh, what's behind the curtain when it comes to the awesomeness of Brandon Turner. Fancy, fancy. Uh, yeah. That being said, this is David Green for Brandon Buying Houses Like Toys Turner, signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of
0: others who have benefited from biggerpockets.com, your home for real estate investing online.